Welcome to the Pokes Podcast. I'm Jacob Longen. Hannah Radigan was the type of student who walked around campus when she had free time, which was rare. So the way her undergraduate experience finished with COVID-19 restrictions was especially disappointing for her. As Cass's Orange Gown recipient, she did enjoy leading her peers in the School of Media and Strategic Communications to their smaller ceremony. She joined me to talk about what strategic communication is, her philanthropic work, and how a fateful trip to Chipotle changed her life. First of all, graduation itself, I know that is a big milestone. This is not a <laughs> traditional graduation commencement ceremony, but just the experience of graduating, being done with your undergrad, that's got to feel pretty good. Yes, it feels so good. I called my best friend and I was like, I can't believe I'm done. It was weird because nobody was together whenever we finished, but a bunch of my friends from Stratcom and everyone was just like texting each other, like once we had turned in our last final and stuff. It was a really good feeling. It felt I don't know. I felt like it felt just as milestoney than if I had walked across the stage. I didn't know that I would feel that way, but once I was done, I felt like a relief was off my shoulders for sure. And I know from my own experience, having graduated at OSU twice, it takes a little bit of time for it to feel real. It's, it's mm-hmm. surreal. Has it sunk in yet that you're done? I think my experience was a little bit weird. So whenever school closed in March, I went home to Kansas City. And then I actually stayed in Kansas City from March to basically now. I came back a little bit in between for different things like awards or celebrations. But for the most part, I've been in Kansas City the whole time. It's felt like kind of a gradual transition, which I don't think a lot of people get. I think a lot of people feel like they just got dumped out. (laughs) They're in the real world now. I felt a little bit of that because I think just the shock of graduating college and then what now, I think everybody feels that a little bit, but I think I've gotten definitely a unique experience in transitioning out of it. Of course, that is also something that is not traditional. The fact that you weren't on campus so much. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of talk nationally about what, what we've lost from the, with the pandemic. And of course, people is the number one thing, but experiences that have changed, not being able to visit loved ones, even not being able to go on campus for your last year? Yeah, good eight months for sure. What has that been like? Just that Um, part to lose that? I was definitely the person that walked around on campus for fun. I don't know if that's weird. People (laughs) might want to get out of there, but I (laughs) I would seriously go for walks like every evening around campus and just spend time out on library lawn, just the little stuff, I think was the biggest part that I missed was just being around and seeing people that you might not otherwise see or hang out with. That piece has been cut out. I think that's really interesting end to college because you would think that your last semester of college, you're seeing everyone you know, because you've spent four years building up all the people you know. But I think that I found who I'm close with from campus, the people that were reaching out and that were asking me when I was coming back and making sure to meet up whenever I was there. I think that shows you just like who you've really bonded with while you've spent your time there. And for me, I was fortunate that it was a good number of people. I think that made me feel very loved. And you mentioned a minute ago, Kansas City. I understand you're actually from Lee's Summit, Missouri, which is a suburb of Kansas City, right? that's correct. So that is, as I was saying to you before, it's not like you're halfway across the world, but you're 
probably didn't grow up visiting campus all the time. You didn't go to games at Gallagher Iberian or Boone Pickett Stadium. How did right. you end up coming to OSU? I actually was very particular about applying for schools. I knew that I wanted to go in to some type of PR. So I was looking at schools in the surrounding area that had PR-related majors. I wasn't stuck on specifically only public relations. I wanted to study maybe something a little bit broader, which I definitely accomplished with Stratcom at OSU. But I had applied to, my main schools left were Alabama and Arkansas. And I had pretty good ACT scores. So those schools give really good scholarships for ACT scores. And I just kind of was trying to decide between the two, had visited both of them. After I visited Alabama, my dad <laughs> made me drive home. And so I realized how far away it was, which was a really good dad move on his part yeah. because he got me to not go there based on almost that, <laughs> um, which is hilarious. I'm not like a homebody by any means, but thinking about even just making that drive by myself was pretty intimidating at the time. I think now it would be a little bit different. But I was just kind of like at a loss because I hadn't felt very attached to any of the places I had been. And I'm definitely like a feelings type person. I am very confident in my decisions and pretty decisive. So I was still looking at schools and I had a few, seriously two friends going to OSU. And one of them was like, they have Stratcom. It's really close to PR. You should check it out. And she was just like, not trying to push me to go there at all because she knew that that wouldn't work probably, but <laughs> she was just trying to make it an option. I showed up on OSU's campus with my mom to do a tour. I was just instantly captivated by the campus. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. Like I said before, I got to enjoy it while I was there. Yeah, I was captivated by the campus and also specifically the people. I just thought they instantly talked to you like they knew you. And so that stood out to me. I don't know. I just fell in love with the campus. And I told my mom as we were leaving that I was going there. <laughs> I hadn't even applied. I hadn't finished applying or anything. And that was late into my junior year. And so as a planner, that was pretty late for me to have waited to make that decision where I wanted to go. I just fell in love and I was ready to go there the instant I stopped my tour. And you've mentioned Stratcom a few times here. For for anybody listening who doesn't really know what that is, can you explain what strategic communications is? We actually take a whole class on what is strategic <laughs> communications taught by Sky Cooley, nonetheless. So Stratcom is basically a mix of public relations and journalism and marketing is kind of how I describe it to the non-Stratcom major. But it's really so much more than that. You can go into corporate communications from it, which is more the HR side of things. Basically, it's just teaching you the best way to tell a story, not necessarily in a written form always. Sometimes when you're talking to people in conversation or whenever you're trying to form an email, the root of all the things that connect what you do in Stratcom, that seems like a fairy tale description of my major. But I would say it's definitely figuring out the why behind what you're trying to describe and then communicating that to others. It's funny that you talk about telling a story. I have always said I'm a writer. Like that's what I was trained to do. I was, I took news editorial journalism at OSU, which mm-hmm. are not terms they use anymore, but I worked in newspapers. That's what I did. But I've started telling people that I'm a storyteller because mm-hmm. I still write and I still think that's what I'm best at of the media. But sometimes it's doing a podcast. Sometimes it's doing a video. Sometimes it's in print. Sometimes it's on a website. 
it just depends. And, and I agree with you. So you have to kind of find the best way to tell the story, whatever that is. And that is getting training in that, getting a good grounding in that is wonderful. It definitely doesn't close any doors. It keeps all of them open. I love how versatile the major is. And I know so many of my friends that have graduated or about to graduate in May that are doing a very diverse amount of jobs. And I think that's a really interesting thing to look at. I would be interested to see if they did like a study of all the Stratcom majors and what jobs they finished doing. Along with going through graduation, you were actually Mm -hmm. the Orange Gown recipient. Can you first of all tell people what that is and then talk about what that experience was like? The Orange Gown recipient is an honor awarded by OSU by your specific college. So my college is the Arts and Sciences, which is why we're on this podcast right now. Basically, they select one student to represent the college in graduation. They would normally walk in with the banner and sit on the stage for graduation in the whole commencement. They're the first graduate to walk the stage for their college. This year, it obviously looked a lot different because we did not walk a main stage. I thought it was pretty cool that College of Arts and Sciences put on little mini celebrations for all of their graduates. And I was lucky enough to be able to attend and celebrate with my family actually came down. I'm not sure if they did on purpose, but they scheduled the media celebration the earliest in the day. And so I actually still was the first graduate to walk the stage, (laughs) which was pretty cool. My experience with it was a little unique because I know that Dr. Martindale had said some people turn it down if they want to walk with their friends, but I actually still got to walk with my friends and see the Orange County graduate. So I got a little bit of the best of both worlds there. And then I've gotten to do quite a few little features about my time at OSU, which is some recognition that I honestly, I wasn't sure that people were totally aware of what I'd been doing at OSU because I'm not one to make like a huge big deal of it. So I was absolutely honored when Dr. Martindale called me and completely surprised. I understand she is the one who actually reached out to you and offered you this honor. Mm-hmm. And I, yes. I, I read the article that we've posted on our on the news site. What was your thought when you <laughs> saw that she had called? So I had just finished taking senior pictures in my normal gown. And I had been all over campus taking these pictures. And it was actually the week of what would have been homecoming. So the fountain was dyed orange. And I had gotten into the fountain to take some photos. Because, (laughs) of course, I had to commemorate that somehow. And it was freezing cold. Super fun. Pictures turned out great. After I got out of the fountain, I walked to my car and I had like three missed calls from a 405 number, which for me is not like a common spam number. Usually I get like 816 or 913, so not that at all. And I'm like, oh no, this is definitely someone from campus. Am I in trouble? Did I like get in trouble for getting the fountain? I was all worked up about it. But I was like, okay, there's like a couple texts. Okay, we're good. It's Dr. Martindale. And she has some exciting news that doesn't feel, I can kind of take some context clues. It's exciting, (laughs) doesn't feel like she's about to yell at me. So that was originally what I thought was happening. Just for a split second. You know me. I'm a little bit dramatic sometimes. So that was, I went a little bit of far in my head. But I got to call her back and she answered and told me that I had been chosen for the orange gown. And honestly, I didn't even think that that would ever happen. So I think the end of the phone call was just me being like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, of course. Of course. I was not articulate at all because I just was not prepared for that at all. It was pretty cool and hilarious altogether. My dad was in the car because he had driven me down to move some of my stuff back from Stillwater. 
And so he was just very excited that I was going to be recognized for graduation. And it was an awesome moment. Well, and that orange gown, it's a pretty sharp look. <laughs> Definitely stands out. It's super bright. Yeah. America's brightest orange. So That's right. Another honor you had was winning the three-minute thesis competition. Mm-hmm. Again, can you explain to people what that is? And then let's talk about what you did in that, what yeah. your topic was. College of Arts and Sciences puts on a three-minute thesis competition every year for undergraduates who have been doing either research or an honors thesis. People are doing all sorts of crazy stuff in the College of Arts and Sciences, so they want to figure out a way to document all the hard work that their undergrad students have been doing and kind of put scholarships into the mix just to make it a little bit more competitive. I was actually convinced to do the three-minute thesis competition by Dr. Sky Cooley. He is my honors director and he helped me quite a bit with my thesis, just helping me kind of tap into what was in my brain and put it into words. And so my thesis was entitled Business Linguistics in Internal Communications. And it basically studied how communications, specifically the language used in communications to employees, shapes their engagement, which engagement can be a load of things. It can be emotion. It can also be loyalties to the company. After we had decided kind of what my research would be, by the time of the three-minute thesis, I had just the literature review completed. So I was able to kind of show that we tied communication to business linguistics and then business linguistics to employee engagement. So I kind of explained that in a video. Actually, this year it was not live because we had just been sent home from Oklahoma State due to COVID. But I sent in a video of me doing my presentation like I would have done it in person, and then they judged those videos. For listeners who may not have experience with doing a thesis or uh, any sort of like (laughs) academic research, you mentioned a literature review, which is going through the previous academic things published on that topic, reviewing those to sort of prepare you to do your own groundbreaking new research in an area. Right. Literature review is sort of the treasury of doing a published academic work. (laughs) You could tell I've, I've, I've got a master's degree and I I did a thesis and you could tell that I've got a little bit of experience with literature review from my description of doing that. (laughs) Personally, I, it's very important. Yes. It was was not the part that I enjoyed. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I don't think without it, I would have been able to put the language to the title even of the research. I don't think that I would have known enough I knew I wanted to study words and I knew I wanted to study how they impacted people and specifically people in corporations. But the study that I mainly focused on in the research or in the literature review was a study by Yulia Danyushina and she studied business linguistics on the external side. So that opened the door then for me to kind of see if there was anything done on internal and there wasn't. So then I got to do it, which was pretty awesome. You talked about looking at different PR programs, and I understand that was something that you didn't necessarily grow up saying, I want to do PR, (laughs) but at least part of it was a fateful trip to Chipotle. Can you you tell that story? I laughed so hard when Elizabeth put that in the story. (laughs) I almost knew it was going to happen, though. So oh, hey, it's I can tell you having written many stories. If you tell me something like that, it's going in the article. It just is. That's why I'm asking you about it now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so me and Chipotle go way back. Um, <laughs> I love 
I love Chipotle and have spent quite a bit of time and money in that store. It's my favorite like go-to lunch and I try to make it healthy. I get a salad. <laughs> so Chipotle was like one of the places in high school that we would like hang out. If it was like the weekend, people would like go there and a whole bunch of people in Lee Summit think the one in Lee Summit is like the best Chipotle on the whole planet. Oh. And I'm pretty biased, but I think it is also the best one. I think that it's superior to all the other ones. And I couldn't tell you why. They just really <laughs> load up the bowls. This is a lot of backstory. <laughs> so we were all hanging out there with my high school friend group. And we were talking about uh, what we were going to do. And several of my friends were older than me. So we're deciding where they were going to college at the time. And I was like, I absolutely have no idea what I even want to do. I had bounced around quite a few ideas. One of them being physical therapy was like a main thing that I had always thought I would do just because I had suffered an injury that changed kind of the course of my education. Even I just thought I'd go to school in a smaller school to play volleyball and tore my labrum my junior year of high school. And so I had to kind of rethink the plan. And so that was kind of this time period when I was rethinking and just like at a loss. And my friend, Juliana, she actually was like, hey, like you remind me so much of my sister and she does PR. Have you ever heard of public relations before? And I was like, no, I have no idea what that is. And I was like, can you explain it to me? And she was like, well, the reason you remind me of her, you're super bubbly and um, you can kind of talk to anyone. You're also super good at writing and you like it. So I think you should check it out. And I was like, okay. So she told me that in Chipotle, we were all hanging out. And I will absolutely never forget it because then I actually did that. And I think it's super funny. Chipotle was the place that someone told me what I should do with my career. As I said before, I'm not usually the type of person to like listen to people's direction, especially if they're like telling me what to do. But I think at that time, I just was so unsure of how I could combine my love of people with my love of writing and still make a career out of it. And so I think that strategic communications at Oklahoma State was kind of fate because I love the major and kind of a nerd about it. So it all turned out great. And I'm sure that this friend knows that this is what you went on to do. Actually, I'm not sure that she does know. Oh, (laughs) We were were like super close. We never were super close. I think that's why it stood out to me so much that she didn't know me super well and still thought that I would do well in PR. So maybe I should shoot her a text and tell her because I haven't talked to her probably since that year. Yeah, or not. Or not because she's going to want like 10% of your future earnings, (laughs) like a finder's fee. Something like that. Yeah, maybe she should be a recruiter. I should call her and say, hey, if you don't know what you should do, you should be a recruiter and tell people what they should do. There you go. I kind of like the version (laughs) of the story I imagined better because it's just some random person walking in and like (laughs) dubbing you a a PR professional, you know? Like, this is what you should do. And they leave. (laughs) That would be way cooler. I really (laughs) wish that happened. Well, but I mean, to me, it kind of feels that way because I had never talked about it as an option and it, it wasn't even something I knew about. And so the fact that she brought it up and then I remember it, I think is hilarious to me. Well, obviously she was right. <laughs> you've, you've obviously been very successful doing this so far, including you have been working full time. Um, yes. Uh, and and you do have a job, a full time job right now, as I understand. So um, yes. Let's talk about that. I worked full-time while I was in college, uh, but that is still rare. 
Can you talk about what that is like? Because it is not easy. Yeah. So I had had um, several internships during college. And so I had worked like part time for quite a few semesters leading up to this one, including last semester. I was working part time for a company called AbleTech, doing like some writing, some graphic design for them. And so I was not prepared that it would be so hard. I think that I just like underestimated that because I had had a job all of college and I had spent time doing a numerous amount of other things, but a full-time job is a whole different grind. And um, luckily I had worked a couple nine to five jobs over the summer um, to kind of know what that would be like. So I don't think I had totally unrealistic expectations, but I definitely didn't didn't realize how hard it would be to go from writing at work to then writing for school. That's a lot of writing (laughs) for sure. And so that part was probably the most overwhelming. My brain was just getting used up, you know, um, doing professional work in both atmospheres. So I started working full-time in May whenever I was let go from the internship I was supposed to have last summer with BNSF Railway. They canceled their intern program um, due to COVID. And so I was very excited for that job. Um, And so being let go was pretty hard, but I am not the type of person to kind of sit in that. I just decided, well, better get a new job because now you don't have one. And I had started bouncing around a few ideas with some connections that I had. And none of them were like hitting me. Like I was excited for BNSF. And I don't know why I thought I had the reins to be picky in May during a (laughs) pandemic. Um, but I did. And so then a connection offered me the position ghostwriting for him. And so a lot of people don't know what that is and they feel kind of weird about it, but basically it's just taking someone else's thoughts and putting them onto paper for them. And so that's what I worked doing from May to August. And then that position turned into him actually helping me get hired on at his, at his company to do similar facets, but also work in the full range of PR options. Yeah. And as you mentioned, a lot of people may not know the term ghostwriting, but when you get down to it, so much of communications is essentially translating one person's thoughts into whatever media you're going to use to communicate. Um, yes. That's I say that's what I do all the time. So yeah, you it's not as well known, but there's really nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah. And it's, it is uh, good work for people who can get it and certainly for people who need it. Yeah. Um, I love how you just said that, translating. Um, I'm going to start using that definitely <laughs> because um, that's exactly what I feel like I did this summer and I'm starting to do more with different communications for the company I'm working for. It's called Hyperion Partners. It's a telecommunications master agent, which sounds kind of like spy really cool it sounds like i'm a spy for sure <laughs> right you you write little notes that self-destruct after you know somebody's read it <laughs> that that would be awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. yet another honor you had was to be a cast top 10 senior we are a very large college with a whole lot of seniors to be one of the top 10 is a big deal that in itself had to be exciting. Yeah, I was super excited. Um, So the way CAS does the interviews, which is the second portion, I think, of the process to be selected, possibly the third process. I'm not totally sure. I actually got to interview with one of my friends. We were put in the same group interview. And so 
it was a fun experience because we both it's not like uncomfortable to brag about yourself but that's what essentially you have to do in an interview for an award you know and we were sitting next to each other not like making each other laugh at all but we didn't think that our answers were like super good I guess it's just because everyone is very impressive in those interviews yeah um like you said it's a huge college and there's so many people that do so many amazing things in our college I said earlier that there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's seriously such a wide variety. Like we had music majors interview with us and we had science majors and both of us were PR. And so it's just like funny that there's such a range of people. I think we tried to compare ourselves to people that do totally different things than us and we couldn't wrap our heads around it. Both of us actually received the award and we're super excited, but called each other and we were like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. (laughs) It's pretty crazy. So it was fun. I definitely have been involved with the College of Arts and Sciences and specifically the School of Media and Strategic Communications. And so being recognized within the school was a big honor among especially people that I love and respect. That was an awesome celebration for sure. You, along with winning all of these awards, working full-time, you also were uh, very active in your sorority? Mm-hmm. Raising, yes, uh, Kappa Delta. Yeah, v- uh, with philanthropy specifically, mm-hmm. right? You're the, you were the vice president of community service. That's correct. That has to be rewarding. I can mm-hmm. see you were very successful. You raised over $50,000. I'm sure that wasn't you alone, right? Right. But still, you're out there making a difference. That has to be one of my favorite memories of college by far. Capital to puts on an annual event called Shamrock every year. The year before, they had raised $40,000, and I got this crazy idea in my head that I was going to raise $10,000 more than the year before because it goes to such a worthy cause. And I had spent quite a bit of time volunteering at Wings of Hope and seeing how they help people and how they just truly intervene in domestic violence and make a change in the Stillwater community. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite incredible what they do. So huge shout out to Wings of Hope for even opening my eyes to how tangible help can be. And Kappa Delta gets to support them financially. And I think that that is such an honor that they have this longstanding relationship with our philanthropy event. I think it's 30 plus years that this event has been going on and raising thousands of dollars for them every year. So what it is, is a softball tournament combined with a week of events leading up to that. We put that event on and I hadn't, I had told one person my goal of $50,000 and the check is revealed at the championship game. And so I didn't even know, I didn't ask how much we could raise in the week leading up. I didn't ask what the total we were at because we send out letters and we hold, like I said, several events leading up to it. So I could have for sure known if we were close and I didn't check because I didn't want to know. So when they revealed it, I like looked like a ghost because I was so, I don't know why the theme of this is me being surprised, but <laughs> I just, um, I, I was genuinely shocked that we reached that goal. And there were so many people, like you said, working so, so hard to benefit both Wings of Hope and Prevent Child Abuse America, which are both just incredible philanthropies that I was blessed to learn about and spend time really pouring into in college. That was such an amazing bonus to academics was being able to make a difference in the Stillwater community while I was there. So when I talk to someone like you who has accomplished so much at your age and seems like was everywhere during your time at OSU, (laughs) 
I always like to ask two things. First of all, do you have any tips for younger students who want to do that? Because obviously you've, you've learned something about how to succeed. And two, when do you sleep? <laughs> and and I, I love the responses I get to when do you sleep. It's always really like, uh, not that much, actually. Uh, but I'm curious your responses to those two questions. Uh, when do I sleep? In college, I did not sleep. Post-college, I am sleeping. Let me tell you. <laughs> Probably not, honestly. I don't know. I would say my advice for incoming freshmen slash people who want to be more involved than they are now is that you have to try a lot of things and they're not always going to be a great fit. It's okay if you end up in a club meeting and you're like the only one like you and you're like, this is not, I thought this was going to be something different. And now I just stick out like a sore thumb and I'm not really liking this club meeting. I don't feel very passionate about it. I definitely had some of those and I won't call those things yeah, out yeah. or anything like that. But the reason that I was able to have some of those was because I was willing to put myself out there into awkward situations or into situations where I just thought I might not thrive in those, but how would I know if I didn't try them? A big example, like a huge shining star example of that is my sorority. I have no family that is Greek and no one was in my life telling me you should go Greek. And I wasn't even in my life, like telling me this is going to be a life-changing scenario for you. But going through recruitment, I still wasn't even sure. And then being able to get plugged in and really make a difference in that organization was a huge impactful part of my college. And I would have never known if I hadn't just decided to come a week early because it couldn't really hurt anything. That was my attitude going in. And so I think if you take that attitude going into anything that you're not sure about, it just opens so many doors throughout college. And so many people will start to see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Like Sky telling me I should do a thesis. I just like, I don't know. I would not have expected that from myself. Um, but he really pushed me in that way. And so when you open the doors to new activities, I think people will also open other doors for you. What you just said about try different things and be willing to try things you don't think will fit and be willing to try it and leave if it's not for you is a yeah. consistent answer. I get to that question. I, yeah. I like that theme and the consistency tells me that is good advice. Okay. It's a little bit of a TED Talk question, but... Were there any mistakes you made that you are willing to talk about that you think other younger students can learn from? Don't do this. Is there any experience you had like that? I think there's a balance between doing everything that you want to do and doing things because people tell you to do them. And I think in my college experience, there were semesters where I took on too much and I was too overwhelmed. And a good example of that was just taking on, which I got to finish it through, which was awesome. And it was all, I learned so much from this experience, but it was definitely not like the most rested I'd ever been. I took on national student advertising competition, which is our capstone, our alternative capstone option with Stratcom um, to compete in this rigorous competition where you spend hours and hours and hours in Paul Miller. And I was doing that. And then I was also trying to help Luke Mueller and Jaden Kazitz run their presidential campaign for OSU's campus. I was doing all of their social media and all of their PR. And then I was also still super involved with Capa Delta and I was living in the house. And 
I honestly like have no regrets about being involved in any of those things but it was too much like it was too much at one time my friends were worried about me and I was seriously you asked a question about not sleeping but I was like really tired (laughs) I was really tired and I was worn out and when you involve yourself in too many things even if you love all of those things sometimes you can't give 100% to every single thing yeah and if you do something has to give and so for me it was sleep because I literally refused not to give 100% to all of those things but when the campaign had wrapped up and we moved out of house and we were finishing NSAC um, virtually I felt a lot better I had a lot of time to like walk and to be healthy and to eat healthy and I realized like okay you're never doing that again that was that was not it I probably couldn't have told you in the moment because I was probably too prideful but looking back I think that I could have said no to some of those things and let someone else who was also just as qualified kind of take over some of those those responsibilities balance and fatigue are both things um (laughs) yeah you, you can you can do a lot for a limited amount of time, but eventually if you're doing too much, it will catch up to you and it will start to show up in your production in one area or all areas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you can't, you can't take on too much and do it forever. Yeah. I definitely say there's a balance between even pushing yourself and then like too much. And you're, you're going to know the difference when you're pushing yourself. It's energizing, at least for me. Um, when you get overwhelmed, which for me is pretty rare I think you know that feeling. And I definitely knew that feeling. You just mentioned the National Student Advertising Competition, which is something most of our listeners are probably not that familiar with. What is that? So it is the alternative um, capstone option for strategic communications majors. So instead of doing a capstone in class for a business local to Stillwater and kind of running a full advertising campaign for them, that's the normal option. And then NSAC kind of dials it up and just decided that we should do that, but we should do it against other schools and we should represent OSU. And our NSAC team has a running history of being very successful at that competition. So it's pretty rigorous to be selected for the team to even represent OSU. And then um, after you're represented, you've got about eight months of hard work on a campaign that you end up falling in love with. You like you get so excited by the time it's rolling out. Honestly, I wasn't even... I wanted to win for sure, but I was so happy with the product that we produced and gives you real-time advertising agency experience. Like your class operates as an agency. And so people that go into an agency are well-prepared and even marketing departments or PR departments are well-prepared for um, how those departments are going to operate. I think it's one of the things that SMSC does the best is offering that option and running it, Asia Cooley runs it as a real ad agency. And so that was so impactful for me because coming out of school and not even having graduated yet, I started working in a marketing department and kind of knew what the flow of things was, um, what a brainstorm looked like, what ideas are probably going to move further and which ideas are just those crazy things that you shout out because you're like, oh, this would be cool. And so all of that experience, I think, gives students an incredible um, reference for what their life will look like post-college. And what was your topic or what, what did you do for that competition? Yeah, so we advertised for the Adobe Experience Cloud for Advertising, which sounds like really crazy, but it's basically an ad cloud that Adobe has produced. And so we actually got feedback from the creative directors for Adobe and got to meet them. And I thought that was an incredible part of the experience. But the campaign we ran was kick ads. 
And so it was, <laughs> nice. it was pretty fun. It was a punchy campaign. Everyone on our team was very punchy. And we got to use like a lot of fun graphics and very um, atmospheric doodles, basically is what I would call it. Our graphic designer was awesome and uh, really had a good vision for the visuals, which is not my strength. But the cake ads headline, when we landed on it, we were all ecstatic about it because it was the perfect mix of fun and fierce, we said. so. <laughs> and if we haven't said this, you, your team placed third. Regionally. Yes, we did place third, and our region is known for being very, very competitive, so we are super happy with the third place. I know that the team is coming back for first this year, though, and I'm rooting them on. Nice. You mentioned earlier that you have a job right now, but what's next for you? What do you see as your career? Well, what do you want to do with your future? Dreaming big. I think an executive position in a large corporation and with some sort of title, I know CPO, chief people officer is a really fun one that I've heard recently. There's also CMOs, chief of marketing. I had a mentor tell me one time that she has no doubt, and she was an executive of the company that I worked for previously. She had no doubt that I was going to be a communications exec- executive. And Did she um, say it in Chipotle? <laughs> she did not say it in Chipotle. She did say it in a recommendation letter. So <laughs> Okay, even um, better. <laughs> but I have it in writing, so it's <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. Um, So the mix of passion I have for my career and um, the fun that I have doing it, I think that uh, longevity wise, like I see it playing out. Like I would love for that to play out for me. So I've moved back to Kansas City and I'm working a remote job. The company is based in Las Vegas. So their headquarters are there and a few executives work in their offices in Las Vegas. It's called Hyperion Partners. I'm doing PR for them right now. So the way PR works is you start in writing positions or in graphics positions, and then you kind of work from the creative aspect up to management. And so that's kind of the track that I'm on right now, hoping to stay with them for a while because I think the company culture is great. I think that there's a lot of room to grow there and I have an awesome, awesome team working alongside me. And I think all of those things make it really easy to want to stay with the company, but I definitely don't think I'll stay in Kansas city forever. I think I'll probably move again because I love to move and I love to travel and see new places and new things. So I guess wherever my career takes me, I will end up, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever stick in one place, but that's the vision. That's the goal. I'd like to thank Hannah for joining me for this episode. As always, you can send us your feedback at pokespodcasts at okstate.edu. And with that, we will conclude with our favorite question, How do the arts and sciences make the world a better place? I love this question. I have probably a personal connection to this question, but my parents are both music majors. They both attended UMKC and they both exposed us to all sorts of arts. The arts side Mm -hmm. growing up was like a huge part of my family. Everyone sings, everyone plays an instrument. And it's like scientifically proven that music improves the brain. Playing an instrument makes you smarter. And singing and reading music makes you more well-rounded in your brain, which is amazing. And if you don't know about those studies, you should go look them up because they blow my mind all the time, especially if you're someone that's passionate about music. It's just crazy that I was so involved with like choir and the art, like painting in high school (laughs) and how that's not something that I did in college at all. Maybe I'll start doing that now.
maybe that's another thing that's next. Maybe I'll dive back into singing or something. Like yeah, that. you'll you'll join a choir and you'll look around and you'll go, <laughs> "This is not for me," and you'll find a different <laughs> choir. I think that being involved with both sides, like doing research in college and being so heavily involved with the arts in high school, I think that's shaped me to be very well rounded. And I think that it's amazing that two specific topics can shape the hearts and minds of people of the people that are working in the world and I think you'd be surprised if you ask people that are high up in companies or that you see are successful in other venues if they've ever been exposed to what's offered in arts and sciences that probably the majority of them have been or have been impacted by those topics in some way or another and I think it just shows how well-rounded people can be when they are tested and pushed in ways that they maybe didn't think they could be before. 